Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights. This week on the show, a million goals were scored in the 10 fixtures this weekend, posing the question, is any team actually good? The two Manchester clubs kicked off their Premier League campaigns, so it was nice to see one of them play some football. Poor Kepa's eyes have cost Chelsea again as he failed to see Sadio Mane standing directly in front of him. And the referees are out for blood with the new handball rule, awarding penalties all over the place and raising the transfer value of any professional footballer without arms. My name's Darren Scott and I'm joined by my co-host Bailey Hutchison, Christopher Ringland on what is now an international podcast. Boys, good to be back with you. I'm in mourning at the loss of the art of defending. Sorry to hear that, Chris. <laughs> Fantastic, Chris. No, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, so we launched the podcast last week and I immediately got sick and lost my voice, which is what you want. Nice. Uh, but just, just I imagine you guys are the same, just to kick it off and be slightly serious for a minute. Uh, just want to say thanks to everyone who gave us a download last week, got involved. I know personally, and imagine you two guys as well, the DMs blew up last week. So we all kind of got a sense of what it's like to be a Scandinavian model whenever the England team are in town. Uh, but yeah, just want to say thanks to our American <laughs> listeners also. So imagine, I'm assuming our good friends, Mark Norton and Joel White, are some of the people that got involved there. So for those guys, just want to promise plenty of Christian Pulisic propaganda throughout the year. And just to address one thing that I think a few of us noticed that came up throughout the week. There's a few non-football fans who gave us a go. And one of the things we kept seeing is people saying they're a bit worried that they won't know what we're talking about. So I hope after one week, and I'll definitely become clear after two weeks, not to worry because we don't know what we're talking about either. But again, thanks and keep getting involved. Very well said there, uh, Bailey. And um, a little bit of a look at me there with the number of DMs you've got. So I thought that was a nice little way to alpha <laughs> yeah. yourself in that situation. Yeah, I, th- I think I had more DMs in the past week than I've had in the past five years. Oh, look at you, Tim. There you go. <laughs> You're famously off social media. <laughs> yeah, good for you guys. Why don't you oh, are you complaining, Darren? No, I'm just saying, why don't you read your DMs out if you think they're that great? <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, I guess, I mean, the only place to start is it has been a goal fest um, this weekend, I think. Um, at time of recording, Manchester City are still playing Wolves. It was 2-0 at half time. That game needed one more goal to match the highest ever Goal scoring weekend in Premier League history. Oh, really? Not, yeah, not that not that that stat matters. The the well, line indeed. we're going with is that a million goals have been scored. Um, Why? I, I suppose when you look at that, I mean, what stood out for from that for for you guys? I mean, like like I said at the top, the defending this weekend. I I honestly believe that we have never had a lower standard of defender in Premier League history. Okay. This season, I, like the the quality of the centre backs in most of the teams is is i don't think it's even premier league standard okay interesting i, just, I, th- I think the game's just changed like chris though I, like well, it's not about the, well, the, the, the game anymore. the game's become fifa well, a lot of well, a lot the, of teams play like a playstation game now and i think well, the, the f- a lack of fans and stuff there as well it's much more neutral weekends like this can now happen um they can but I mean, here's the thing, and even if the game has changed, you're, if you're a centre back and you're six five and you're a brick house, you should still be able to head the ball, tackle, block, <laughs> intercept, run. Um, those are all kind of reasonable attributes of a Premier League sixty grand a week centre back, um, of which most in the Premier League can't seem to actually do anymore. Well, I, I think, think in the in defence so of. 
of the of the defenders, uh, and we will get onto this later on in the show. But there are there's basically a penalty a game being given out. So, yep. you know, if there is basically one team going automatically one nil down because of a penalty every match that will naturally open games up and kind of force them to be a bit more end to end and force teams to go for it so i think that does have an impact on it as well and and i should mention when we refer to goal fests um leeds fulham was four three um spurs scored five against southampton and everton also got five against west brom um so that's kind of you know it's high scoring games we've got to talk about everton because we last week Root them off again, and it's. I'm worried, boys. Well, well, well first of all, they were playing West Brom. On the line. They were playing West Brom, who are as good as dying. Um, <laughs> and and oh, you're one of the after two games. This is them and Fulham. You guys know I have no real interest in acknowledging the existence of any league that isn't the Premier League. <laughs> for for me, Fulham and West Brom are already down. They were championship no, teams last. They were championship teams last year. They're in the Premier League this year, but they're going back down. So I'm not even going to give them any more airtime, really, because it's <laughs> it's not worth my time learning anything about them because they're going to disappear off the face of the earth next summer. Well, well the issue with Fulham and West Brom base is done with us. <laughs> well, well, indeed. I mean, the issue with Fulham, West Brom, and to an extent Leeds is that there's there's such an incredible difference in quality between their attacking prowess and their centre backs. Which means that they are just conceding loads and scoring a couple as well. Mm. Um, but but I mean, when we're talking about Everton, and you said that Ever- like Everton are back, like I agree. But I I still maintain that Pickford and at least Yerry Mina are still terrible. If you can well, score five a game, though, it doesn't matter. But, like Yer- I, like I I struggle to comprehend how Yerry Mina can't defend. Like he, he is who I was referring <laughs> to earlier when I said you're six foot five, you're a brick house. And you can't defend against um, West Brom, like the Dean Gana goal. Dean Gana um, just, you know, he just dribbled for a bit, and then he dribbled <laughs> for another bit, and then he dribbled for another bit. Oh, and Jeremy you know just ran off him, and he just scored. And you're just like, you know, I could defend better than that. Yeah, you could also get the match of the day job with analysis like that. <laughs> Did a bit of dribbling, bit of dribbling, bit of dribbling. Very good. It does sound Chris, like sheer, doesn't you also, it? Yeah, you also need to note um, Martin Keown's commentary after that day in Ghana goal. Uh, I think <laughs> a minute later, Pickford made a save, which, and this this cliche needs cut out of the game completely. He said Pickford made a smart save. <laughs> now, <laughs> don't know about you two boys. I've not seen a stupid save in my life. It's called <laughs> smart save out. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. Uh, but Darren, I've been buzzing to get your reaction to this. Yeah. Calvert Lewin's hat trick. Yes. <laughs> Yuck or what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be. Count it? <laughs> part, yeah, listen, I don't want to be accused of uh, getting on the back of Everton players based on the fact that I'm a Liverpool fan. But yes, uh, yuck, didn't count. Don't believe it. Um, also, as somebody who in fantasy football owns Richarlison. Uh, very disappointing whenever I turned on my phone, saw Everton got five and Richardson got none of them. Um, <laughs> I thought that was yeah immensely frustrating and further took more away from, from Calvert-Lewin than already was. I, I mean, the, the best thing about that game had to be the, uh, like, the, the, the Gibbs sending off combined with Slavin Bilic's <laughs> so unnecessary going in Mike Dean's face. Um, Which Mike loves. That's what he's there oh, for. He, well, exactly. He lives for that. But it's just the fact that Kieran Gibbs, there was 
there was almost no provocation whatsoever. And he, go, you know, he immediately goes for the face. He could have went for any other part of his body, and he goes for his face after well, no provocation. He, he actually he turned around to Coleman after. I don't know if you've seen, and he said, "I'll do it again." <laughs> <laughs> That's a Keown line, that. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> lost from the Premier oh, League. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like right, that. I'll just head off, you know, yeah. half time. Uh, moving on to Spurs, another team that got five this weekend. Um, uh, yeah. Song getting four of them, uh, with Harry Kane providing all four assists. Uh, <laughs> I think becoming only the sixth player in Premier League history to right. um, to get four assists in Premier League games. So um, good for Harry. What stood out for me was they, they pulled the two of them for an interview at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they were standing side by side. And it was a little bit of a love fest from the two of them. You know, Son saying how much he loves playing with Kane and Kane sort of, you know, looking in his eyes and having a bit of a laugh. But the bit that stuck out for me was the look of pure jealousy Harry Kane had every time Son was like throwing the match ball around as he did his interview, you know, sort of spinning it in his hands. And uh, and Kane really couldn't stop staring at it. And you could just see he was he was furious that Son was taking this match ball home. <laughs> um, and I thought that was that was the big thing that stood out for me. Kane sort of putting on a little bit of an act, all happy to turn provider. I don't think he was. <laughs> I, I mean, is is this the point where where we talk about it? Where we we talk about Gareth? We can't do. Eh, well, listen, it's, I don't really pay too much attention. One. It, it, well, I mean, it's a classic Levy move, like. But but is it because the guy's on? So this is one thing I've noticed this week: figures with transfers are. Like wildly inaccurate. <laughs> like what one paper said, they're paying the entire six hundred thousand pounds a week of bail, and then another's claiming there's a fee and they're paying half that. But either way, like that's not a Levy move to pay someone that amount of money. Yeah, he won't be getting paid. Levy won't be. No, Real no be way. playing that. Yeah, there's no way. I think Real put out that they're paying it because they don't want to look bad. But yeah, um, no, I think. I think the the thing for me is, you know, obviously Gareth Bale, you know, was fantastic when he was in the Premier League, and you know, yeah, had a mixed time at Real Madrid, but but is Ooh, a good player. Mixed, um, yeah, because he felt mixed, like, yeah, not a Champions League. Mixed, no, but mixed in terms of how they view him. That's what uh, well, I mean. I, I, but they're wrong. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, like, completely. But the point that that I want to make is. Um, I watched Jose Mourinho for nine episodes on Amazon Prime <laughs> complain that he did not have a squad and he didn't have enough players and it was terrible. He left out Deli Alley from the squad entirely this weekend <laughs> and cited his reason was that his squad is too big and he has too many players. Um, classic move. So he's now added two more players into a squad that he's already said is too big. And I'm just wondering where where... Beale fits in, obviously he will do in some way. Who's missing out then because of that? Uh, I mean, like, the, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> listeners will soon realise, the, the listeners will soon realise that I absolutely love Jose Mourinho um, and I will defend him all day long. I think, um, the, I mean, I, I think he'll fit into like a front three type thing. I think that's how he'll work with Beale. But I don't know how that'll work with the midfield three and especially not with his hilarious feud with Ndombele. Uh, where after after Ndombele almost made them lose in the champion the Europa League to some Bulgarian team, he actually played really well in the first half and still took him off at halftime. <laughs> yeah, you know, can't can't let him see to be uh, getting too good. I think it's good to see that that conversation that Ndombele had with Levy in the last episode of the Tottenham series seemed to have done the trick for him. Real motivational talk between Levy, the interpreter. 
Jasper and then Dumbele. Yeah. yeah, Jose will be raging. They had to play him at the weekend. Yeah, and he, even more raging because he was good. Yeah. Um, so is that? Are we happy enough? We covered well, Spurs. I don't. Well, know. Well, just one more thing. Yeah. I I, I loved how um, I love how Mourinho just blatantly said in the interview that Hoiberg helped us to out Southampton. Okay. Uh, like two weeks after leaving. Okay. I didn't, like, oh, yeah, I didn't he, see this. He was like, oh yeah, Hoiberg helped us with the tactical analysis to help break them down. <laughs> well, like, I don't oh, know right. how much tactical analysis they needed to do. They played a back four who stood on the halfway line, giving Spurs 50 yards of space well, behind them. Well, indeed. Yeah. And then Hard didn't, didn't correct it, despite yeah. Spurs just continuing to do it and continuing to score from it. It was horrendous. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't good. Um, I just want to make... And I was a team that conceded nine last year in that game. Yeah, they bounce, bounce back well after that, so it'll be nil-nil. I mean, they've got Ings. Yeah, so. nil-nil at Southampton next week, I think. <laughs> um, just moving on, before we touch on sort of the, the, the big topic that we want to talk about today, mm. uh, one team that definitely won't be in the mix of a goal fest, uh, Newcastle United, zero shots on target against Brighton this weekend. Good for them. Uh, so uh, I guess the big one, Manchester United played their first game of the season, uh, a very poor... 3-1 loss to Crystal Palace um, didn't look overly good in any way, shape or form um, so what do you guys think about that one? It looked like pre-season for Manchester I mean, United if I'm honest like, uh, like yeah. a team, you can you could see a difference between a Palace team who played week one compared to a United team that is back one week in training like they just the entire game, Saha had the run around of Lindelof, he was fantastic the uh, Andros Townsend with him, Jordan Ayew, all, all the game, counter-attack on those two clowns United have at centre-back. They just looked on it. United are still two, three weeks away from fitness, probably. I think it's too early to judge them, but fantastic from Palace. See, but I think... I'd like, go ahead, Chris. Well, it's just, it's just so blatantly obvious what the problem at United is, and it's the centre-backs. I mean, not that it's like that for every team, obviously, but like <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Henderson... If he played Henderson, that would change things. But I, th- I think Lindelof really has had enough time to prove himself as being a Man United centre-back. For me, uh, listen, I know it's easy to, to pick on the centre-backs. Manchester United, in 90 minutes of football, where they had Rashford, Martial, Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, uh, I think Mason Greenwood came off the bench. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. To, they, they didn't create a clear-cut chance in 90 minutes. The, the Van de Beek goal uh, was... Uh, a sort of it ricocheted around Palace yeah. defenders and he ended up kicking Incredible. it in. It was a good finish. But um, in 90 minutes, despite all of the quality that United have, and yes, it's early in their season, they did not create a clear-cut chance. And I, I'd say that is more worrying for Solskjaer at the moment than, you know, they got hit in the counter-attack by Palace. That happens to teams. Um, but we've said this before, football's, you know, it is an aesthetics-based game. And if you lose, it's how you lose and how you <laughs> look while losing. And, and Man United did not look good while losing <laughs> well you, um, you forgot about dan james darren as well well listen dan james has made a lucrative career out of just being quick um his <laughs> championship player yeah i mean we, I, yeah I, I don't get it yeah um i'd have liked to have seen donny van de beck's face um whenever he was told that he was being left out of the starting team for scott mctominay <laughs> Mc, mcsauce mcsauce right? yeah um respect on his name yeah it would have been nice to see uh Donnie's like Google searches after that, you know, how to cancel a transfer after it's happened. How are Ajax getting on? Who is Scott McTominay? Um, Directions to Everton. 
Yeah, directions. Yeah, directions. <laughs> directions. <laughs> very good. Uh, oh, very good. Very good. I think you know it was a it was a weird game, um, and it produced a lot of talking <laughs> points for us. And and I was actually having a conversation with somebody last week, and and we were talking about the podcast, and they were saying, you know, how do you guys come up with things to talk about? And I kind of said. You know, the show pretty much writes itself. It does. Um, I was worried on... we wouldn't have anything to talk about. Yeah, well, I knew, <laughs> you know, before even the first game kicked off on Saturday, when Patrice Evra suggested that Wilfred Zaha's Man United career was cut short due to an affair with David Moyes' daughter. Alleged. <laughs> alleged. Uh, alleged which then Sky Sports had to issue a firm <laughs> apology for. I, think I, I didn't knew, hear that. Yeah, I knew at that <laughs> point I was like, I think we're okay on content for the pod this week. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't hear that. That's that's incredible. Oh, it was just <laughs> it was so awesome classic Patrice. It was out of nowhere. <laughs> so it was so and it's sorry, it is important we should point out officially Wilfred Zaha <laughs> yes. has never met David Moyes' daughter. Yep. We're not suggesting anything. Yep. Everyone's uh, just in their right place where they should be. Yeah. Indeed. He's at Palace. David Moyes is no longer at Man United. Everything's good. Correct. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> on to, I suppose, the, the biggest topic of the week, the the penalty. <laughs> the agendas. <laughs> yes. So we talked about this last week. There, there are rule changes this year. And one of those rule changes is regarding handballs in the box. And it appears the stance that the Premier League are taking is that the old ball to hand mm-hmm. rule just doesn't apply anymore. If it, If it hits your arm below the sleeve or the armpit level, a penalty will be given regardless of context. And we saw that, first of all, in the United Palace game when a ball Mm. deflected off Lindelof's arm. There was no appeal from Jordan Ayew who took the shot. Mm. There was no appeal from any other Crystal Palace player. And VAR awarded the penalty. This then happened (laughs) in some other games. I think it happened in the Spurs game. There was a ball deflected up and hit Matt Doherty's Yeah, Gineppo on Doherty, yeah. So it happened there. It didn't happen in West Ham Arsenal, and I'm very quickly going to digress. Gabriel went ahead of ball clear. Yes. Like he did for his goal last week. I saw this. And we talked about it last week that he's uncoordinated. He went ahead of ball in his own box, missed it with his head, and it hit his arm. And they didn't give a penalty there. That was the one exception this week. But again, I don't know whether he closes his eyes or whether he's just uncoordinated. But my opinion has not changed on Gabriel. Yeah, yeah Jonathan Pierce was shaking in his punditry boots after saying that. Yeah. yeah. So handball was given in the Manchester United game. Handball was given in the Spurs game. Um, I think there, there was a... Danny Ings, I think, had a goal disallowed for a handball. In the build-up, in the build-up, yes. Southampton yes. Spurs. We've seen that last season, so that yeah, uh, yeah. Can't, can't lump it in as much because that was the stance taken last season of any contact with an arm in the build-up. We're just going to disallow the goal. So mm. I think that was fair enough. But the Lindelof one was it was daft. That'd be <laughs> fair when the penalty was taken. One thing it did get right is their new encroachment rule. Yes, so Spurs <laughs> coming off their line. And you see it every time. So we've seen plenty of penalties this weekend. And every time um, there's been a penalty taken in the Premier League, the ref has gone straight up to the keeper and gone, by the way, stay on the line. Mm -hmm. So it's so clear. The time it took between the keeper coming off his line, a bit of play actually happening. It was like a minute? Um, Vargon. Yeah, Vargon. Oh, by the way, 
let's retake that. Yeah, I think we and had my, f- my my favorite part of the entire thing that happened was Jordan Ayew took a woeful penalty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you should be allowed to change penalty taker in that situation. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was a joke that Wilfred Sa has he able to turn around and go, hang on, that was terrible. And it did step up and that, that actually prompted away. that actually prompted my favourite question um from the interviewers. Um Roy Hodgson was asked after the game, uh, why did you make the decision to change the penalty taker from Jordan Ayew to Wilfred Zaha? And Roy sort of looked at the interviewer, you know, as if <laughs> Well, because Jordan Ayew bloody missed. Yeah. Were you, <laughs> you watching know, the same game what I was? A ridiculously <laughs> stupid question. The last thing I want to do as a Premier League manager is give a player who's just missed from 12 yards a second go. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think you shouldn't be allowed to, to change penalty taker, yeah. although technically what the yeah. Premier League stance is that the penalty has not happened if oh, the well, goalkeeper indeed. encroaches. So yeah, that's it was an illegal penalty, clearly. But yeah, I think just, just purely for... A drama thing, like Premier League's want that drama. They're constantly told they love all their marketing nonsense. <laughs> I think if you have a fella going up and taking three or four penalties in a row mm. and having oh, love it. all of them, mm. oh, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. So, so you see this encroachment rule, right? What problem has this fixed? Yeah, I think it's an angle thing. So, yeah. whenever you come off your line, you're narrowing right. the angle and. Obviously, the ball is traveling less distance to you. So I, I just, makes, I just feel like it does help your save percentage. But, but yeah, I don't know by what, like how much, like how much of a difference it makes. But clearly, enough of a difference that Premier League and whoever's making the laws have gone. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll knock that in the head. I, I just feel like it's a pretty fundamental part of being a goalkeeper, and you'd think that if it's taken this long. To spot this problem, that it would have been done a long time ago. I don't, you know, I don't see how there's such an advantage to the goalkeeper that it requires this ridiculous, minute, detailed VAR analysis. I think it gives it gives the penalty taker much more of an advantage, and I think over the it course does. of the season, if we're going to see more and more penalties be given um, for handballs and things like that, then it, I think it really is going to widen the gap between the teams who have the top, top goalkeepers uh, and those who don't. Because uh, oh, Chelsea mean, will be in trouble then. Well, we'll get on to Kepa. Um, but it, it does make watching penalties <laughs> quite nervous. I mean, there was a penalty in the, in the Liverpool-Chelsea game this weekend and after Alisson had saved it, there's then that sort of panic of, did his heel come off the line? Do we need to wait and see? So it, it adds a whole oh, it's a nonsense. different thing to penalties. <laughs> I still, I'm interested to see what they do if somebody blazes one over the bar. I said it last week. Um, will what that if, be, oh, right, if, if, if a goalkeeper right. encroaches and the penalty taker skies it, does he get another go? And can you change that? And the, the, That's a difficult one, yeah. And <laughs> the first one of those is going to set sort of the precedent for, you know, the rest of the season, yeah. I guess. Because you know, that's what we've seen in the past two weeks now, just precedent's been... St- Set by refs, they might have gone with a screen at Stockley Park. Yeah, well, we'll get on to the screen. today, which is just... The <laughs> screen. Yeah. It, there's a, a, a mall forward, listen, people guarded last season, refs weren't using the screens enough, and we've now got it. But I think the example I'm going to use is the Basuma one. Yeah, oh, great example. Basuma. Great yeah. example. You know, 
sweet chin music. You know, <laughs> the, guy, the guy has kicked another man in the face. Yeah. And Stockley Park have looked at it and gone, hmm, I think you better have another look at it. <laughs> complete nonsense. I was quite <laughs> impressed that he could get his leg that high. Uh, yeah. Great flexibility. I thought it was it's brilliant flexibility. Fantastic. I mean, how, how did he ever think that that was like, like when has anyone ever done that as a normal part of touching the ball? Like, he, he must have thought he was slap huh? Yeah. I mean, I mean had a obviously you can see, I mean you can see from it at full pace and even in the replay it looked reckless. I think to Basuma's credit, I don't think he meant it. And he apologized. He, yeah. he was very apologetic and he didn't question the red card when it was given because I don't think he really had yeah, a leg to stand. <laughs> Um, well, actually, I can, well, well, well not according to not according to Danny Murphy and Alan Shearer, who thought it was definitely a yellow. <laughs> no, that foot was too high to be a yellow. <laughs> I mean, did you see Jamal off. Lewis's face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bleeding. He took it square up. in the face. Like, guys, his whole face was bandaged as he left the pitch. So yeah, I think just uh, it was it was clear to see across all the Premier League games this weekend that any chance the referees get in these early weeks to go and have a look at the screen, they will go and do it. And um, I suppose, listen, it's good that it puts that accountability on it, but but I maintain that I like that annoyance factor. Um, I thought it was good that they just wind people up. And um, Who, the refs? No, just the Premier League in general with their rules. They do it all the time with things. We said it last week. They sacrifice practicality to wind people up. Get <laughs> yep. um, Paul Merson talking. You know, like, <laughs> you go back to the, the Tottenham-Southampton game had three goals disallowed. In the first half, the before first the half. first goal that was that stood, yeah. So um, I think Harry Kane Ian had one. Had dis- Harry Kane had two disallowed for offside, and Danny Ings had the one where he handballed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the ball was in the net three times, and it was still nil nil. <laughs> so it was, and I'm sure Harry Kane was raging. So he was. I imagine he was in dreadful form when he got back home that night. Well, indeed. Um, you talked a little bit about it there, Chris, with uh, Christensen and John Egan. Oh, uh, red cards. Oh um, yeah. Referees really did stand out this weekend. It's, it, 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 it's as if they, they actually you know, want the attention to be on Emerson. It is a bit like that. I mean, what did you... Yeah, so you think, I'm assuming that you thought Christensen was red, John Egan wasn't? Is that your... Uh, well, well, I mean, yes. Like, I saw the John Egan, and it was more, it was more the absolute conviction that the referee thought that he was completely and utterly right that there was no question whatsoever that a mere shoulder-to-shoulder tussle as part of a contact sport was denying a goal-scoring opportunity. It was good. I mean, I said it in our group chat, Graham Scott with, you know, John Egan was pleading his innocence and Graham Scott was in sort of an alpha par stance, hands on hips, not a care in the world. You know, talk all you want, John, you're off. I I mean, you, you can only imagine Wilder's like mutterings after that well yeah I mean I would hate to have been Graham Scott going down the tunnel at half time just getting an earful I don't know you say it was sort of shoulder to shoulder I mean it was there was a bit of shirt pulling going on it did look clumsy I know but like the guy Watkins was still going yeah I I think as well given that the Christensen one was given and and yeah I think the Christensen one was more blatant I think the rules surrounding yeah. last man back now is your kind of get out of jail free card is did you make an honest attempt to play the ball? So if you <laughs> slide in to try and win it and the player pokes the ball around you and you, you take him out, you've made an honest attempt to play the ball. I think what sort of damned Christensen was the the angle that showed Mane front on and he was goal side of Christensen and Christensen put both hands over his shoulders. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, that is not an honest attempt 
to play the ball. Um, Not quite. So I can understand that one. Egan was a bit more 50-50, but I, I do think, you know, there was a bit of shirt pulling that went on for, for a little bit too long. So I can kind of see how, how that one was given. Bailey, what do you think? <sighs> Both, I think. The Dan Egan one, probably, most games, probably a yellow, I think, because we've seen that yesterday. I think the refs probably just had it in his head. Vars probably had it in theirs going, okay, we gave a red for this yesterday. We confirmed the red. Yeah. We'll stick with it. We, we've now made yeah. that judgment. We're now in that lane. And now, precedent sent week, week two. We're going to stick with that now, so we'll just wait and see throughout the season. But Christensen, completely, like, reckless. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Uh, Mane's completely dumb. It was a fantastic run from Mane, but I have to decline like, even think about doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if if we're happy to go on and talk about um, Chelsea-Liverpool, uh, you know, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Oh. I was a little bit surprised by Chelsea, truthfully. Why? What surprised you? I'm interested in what you're going to say here, because I, I just I, thought... I, I was surprised by Frank. I just thought that, you know, given the way Liverpool looked against Leeds last week, um, because Leeds threw everything forward, um, and I, I'm, I talked about it last week on the show, I don't think that is the right way to get at Liverpool, but I thought Chelsea were very um, defensive, and, and don't get me wrong, I thought they were good defensively, because Liverpool didn't really create too much yeah. at all, but I just thought, you know, I don't know if it was because of the investment or... Um, or what it was, but I just sort of thought they would maybe come out and play a little bit more than they did in the first half. Listen, the yeah. second half they were killed because they were a 10 men. Yeah, so, 10 but, men against the best team in the league, really. You know, and I suppose you look at, you know, Timo Werner had a couple of counter-attacks that, that Fabinho played him quite well, and, and if he hadn't have done, then maybe Chelsea would have had a few chances. Mm. But I just thought it was a little bit... I thought it looked quite comfortable for Liverpool. They weren't creating a huge amount of chances, but it all looked very in control. That loads of the ball, they were kind of dictating tempo. I just thought it would be maybe a little bit more of a nervous game than it was for Liverpool. Yeah, well, so, right, I'll get on later. I want to call out lazy punditry <laughs> for this game. Please do. Please do. Punches? There's some, there's going to be podcast providers we're not allowed on after this. <laughs> so it is. Uh, but generally in the game, one thing, and I thought this for 44 minutes, and I said to you guys before the game, I thought Frank, for me, got the team selection wrong. I think if you looked at the game last season, the way to get at Liverpool is trying to get someone to hold it up and have your wingers attack in between yeah. Trent and whoever's playing there. Now Fabinho had a fantastic game. I think I worried for Liverpool whenever I seen him up against Werner. But completely like took him out of a game. Man of the match. But I th- and it was a funny thing as a Chelsea fan watching it because I haven't seen it in a long time. But for forty four minutes, it was a very Mourinho Sunday afternoon game. Ooh. It reminded me a lot of those games where it may- it probably be like say say the year Jose won it last time at Stamford Bridge. And I remember Man United coming, and United were on great form at the time. And Mourinho completely killed it a game, one one nil. And for forty four minutes, nothing really happened. And I was sitting back going, "This is, this is a game where we're going to win one nil with a real scrappy goal." And I was like, "This is, I 
Frank has phoned Jose. Going, <laughs> what do I do tomorrow? Half four on Sunday, everyone's watching. Best team in the league's coming. And then you have a player in Sadio Mane who can win a game on his own and did yesterday. Pure, uh, a little from, bit of, what, little bit of help one from Kepa. Well, we'll get on to mm. Kepa. But from one run, catching out both Chelsea centre-backs, he wins a game because mm-hmm. he gets us down to 10 men. And then from there, Chelsea are, Chelsea are dust. Yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah, I get, let's get on the Kepa. I, yeah, I get, yeah, I get what well, you he, mean. He's done. I mean, that's it. That's it now. Like, there's no, there's no coming back now, surely. They're signing this new keeper who apparently the it's the same team they signed Petr Cech from, so that's like the hope they have. Um, well, apparently he's been at Stade Rene for one year. This is this is my thing with lazy punditry, Chris. And I'm yeah. sorry to do it to you. I don't think anyone's watched this fella. I think who, everyone's uh, Mendy or Mendy or Kepa. This Mendy fella, because yeah, I've never heard of him. Everyone's saying he's coming in to be number one and to fix things. I've not watched him. But I just want to want to get on the lazy punditry right, because there's right. been a lot of that and a lot of right. stuff at Kepa this week, and I want to jump to the guy's defence a bit. So first person that I want to call out is that clown Steve Parrish on Talksport, <laughs> Crystal Palace this week. Yeah, he, this week on Talksport claimed Liverpool are organic and Chelsea are manufactured. It was honestly like this week. It was like a boxing match or like pro wrestling where you need a bad guy and you need a good guy. And just for Steve Parrish, uh, Chelsea finished the game with four academy players on the pitch. Liverpool won. Liverpool also Very good. sell one of their academy players, the fun Neto. But Very good. Again, organic, manufactured. Uh, Simon uh, Jordan, do you mean? Sorry, not uh, Steve Parrish. No, 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 it was, it was Steve Parrish. On. Oh, was? Oh, okay. S- right. Yes, Simon Jordan's another clown, but he didn't actually offend me this week. Yep. Uh, this, the chief sports writer at The Guardian, I've missed his name, but he's the top um, man, uh, Barry something. Barry this week in a column used the term blue privilege to describe Frank Lampard getting the Chelsea job. Oh, so, that uh, is harsh. So just, oh. Yeah, so just for that clown, I'm looking for, um, looking for his articles on Zidane and his white privilege at Real Madrid <laughs> and Gerard's red, white and blue privilege at Rangers. <laughs> uh, Ryan Giggs's, uh, I think I'd love to read these. Very good. Ryan Giggs, if we remember his first managerial job was Man United. And his second was his national team. And Andrea Pirlo's recent privilege to get oh, the Juventus yeah. job. Yeah. And then just to bring it back to Kepa, I th- it's, it's, been, it's verging on disrespectful to the fellow some of the comments to him. So, Darren, you mentioned at the top of the show, Martin Tyler last week saying the guy's blind. Can't see. <laughs> can't see, apparently. He, he, he can't see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think this week Gary Neville topped them. Gary Neville, <laughs> I think you would have noticed there was a Liverpool free kick on the left-hand side of the box. Not really a shooting opportunity. Martin Tyler asks, Gary, what would you do here? And he goes, in straight for the goalkeeper's head. <laughs> now, <laughs> the guy's not been fantastic, but like that's just that's lowering lowering him too much. Like, let's let's catch the, let's rein it in a wee bit here. The, the, you know, listen. Aim straight for the keeper's head. Gary, wise up. L- listen. Ke- like Kepa is is obviously a good goalkeeper, right? But as someone else said, Chelsea are not going to win the league with him. And I like I I will freely admit that my bias against him does stem from that League Cup final. And I'm sorry that that is the case, but that's that's just what it is. When he refused to come off 
when the manager was substituting him in the in the League Cup final at Wembley. Real alpha move. I mean, yeah, like I, I, that again, but context-wise, he was down injured. He was about to be replaced for an injury. Got back up, told the manager, "I'm not injured," and the manager didn't listen to him. Well, well, well regardless of regardless of, of of that, you do that if you are that good, and you are going to then, you know, be the best goalkeeper of Chelsea and win the league but and do again, things. People- People are saying he's not confident at the minute. That, to me, then, what you're saying is, at that point, he's basically saying, I'm not good. So he was confident then, and now we're crushing the fella for not being confident. I, I, I just a, think... We're, we're in a weird place with him. I, I just think, think that... To step back a bit and just go, <laughs> okay, he's not fantastic. But to lay into him the way a lot of people have, I think it's just teetering a bit okay. on disrespect. Maybe, but it's it's more the fact that like basically fifteen starting Premier League goalkeepers are better than him. You know, it's just like well, he, sh- he should well, be doing better. Listen, I think yeah, you know, very nice of you, Bailey, to French um, guy we've not watched. It's gonna be better. <laughs> very nice of you to um, stand up for him there, Bailey. Although I do have to reinforce this podcast is all about negativity, and I don't want to uh, make too much of a habit of any of this sympathetic shit. <laughs> All right. I, my negative reaction towards the lazy media, this the lazy media with blue privilege comments, manufactured comments. Listen, I just want to. I want to say Toxic yeah. and negative blue game. Privilege. Toxic and negative game. Somebody has gone through it. It's a circle of life. They then pass it on to somebody else. Unfortunately, Kep is an easy target at the moment. I'm still interested to see sort of the results if he can lean into that eyesight thing. I really think it's a good way out for Get him. Um. I think it's interesting, actually, you talked a little bit about uh, sort of this idea of, of the media trying to put, you know, uh, the whole boxing match, good guy, bad guy, and, and yeah. trying to paint Chelsea as this bad guy type image. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, I actually think it's something that that Frank is maybe not encouraging, but, you know, you saw it in the Tottenham Hotspur documentary that Jose was saying, this is a team of nice guys, you're too nice and you're not going to win anything yeah. because you're nice. And, and I look at the Chelsea team and, you know, take the game against Liverpool. You know, there was the Christensen red card. That wasn't dirty by any means. Um, but there were no yellow cards for either team. And I think when you're mm. playing teams like Liverpool who are who are good or Manchester City and, and you are being dominated a little bit, I think you do need to, you know, not necessarily hurt people, but you need to slow the game down. You do you need to have a couple mark, of niggly yeah. falls. There was nobody in that Chelsea team I think any Liverpool player was concerned about, oh, he might leave one, you know, leave one yeah. in on me. He might go for the ankles. There just isn't that. And I think Frank would probably be happy enough sort of painting Chelsea out maybe to be sort of the enemies and the bad guys if it got a bit of a rise out of his team to say, listen, mm. he's got to front up to people at some time. Well, yeah, and one thing one thing I do think with the whole bad guy image that a lot of people put out, I think it's a stark contrast to last season because last season we were that second team nonsense and clearly I think we were that because no one felt threatened. But I think this summer because there's been a bit of a spend and there's... And Lampard's openly talked about closing the gap. The slight bit of threat, everyone's gone, oh dear, and that panic's come in. So I think in that way, if you look at it, you're going, at least we're being talked about. Uh, we, obviously meaning, we obviously <laughs> meaning that you're in the dressing room as well, yeah? Yes, I'm, okay. s- I'm sat there talking to the manager on the phone. Okay. No, 
No, like B- Billy, I... you're better being the bad guy than to be in the middle, neutral. So you are. I agree. No, no, Billy, I, I agree, and I, I actually th- like, I totally agree, and I think Man United are getting off scot free here. You know, like, I, I don't understand where this is all kind of come from for Chelsea. Um, I think they've had a phenomenal transfer window, and they just haven't been able to actually play most of the players properly. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of guys not back yet, but whenever you spend that, I think United are verging on that neutral territory. Yeah, I think fortunately they are. for them, of being just a bit forgotten, almost. You know, no one's taking them seriously as a threat to be going. Oh dear, let's paint them out in the media here to be something like to put a label on them i think the difference as well with chelsea is you know when they have spent the money that they've spent yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight obviously you know frank needs a couple of years but i think the concern for and the reason that um that gary neville and other pundits are jumping on the back of keppa a little bit is because I think there is optimism that this Chelsea team are good enough mm, yeah. in the next couple of years. Yeah. And I think if you're Frank Lampard, you know you know that blue privilege, as you talked about earlier, will only get you so far. And I think if Frank's very honest, he would say that this Chelsea team in the next couple of years can contend, but yeah. this goalkeeper could stop them winning things. <laughs> and yeah. if this goalkeeper stops them winning things, this goalkeeper is going to get Frank Lampard sacked. Yeah, and that's I, the harsh reality I, I think that's over the next couple yeah. of years. And I think that's why Gary Neville and all these other guys are getting on the back of Kepa a little bit because I think if you take him out or you know, if you put a better version of him in, the whole look of the Chelsea team and the whole look of that setup looks so much more promising than it already does. Yeah. Every single yeah. team that has won the Premier League ever has needed the goalkeeper. And that, like that is a fact. Well, Man City did win it with Joe Hart. Billy, Joe Hart was good. (laughs) Like, for goodness sake. (laughs) Okay, Okay, guys, now playing third string at Spurs. (laughs) Couldn't get in the Burnley team. Listen, the the point stands. The point stands. Uh, Joe Joe Hart was also, there was a leadership element as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he he shouted at a few people. (laughs) Shouted at a ball boy once, very famously. (laughs) Um, Bailey, if we if we want to move on, uh, who, who's in the mud this week? Oh yes, a lighter, a far lighter topic. Everyone's favorite lighter. segment. Oh yeah, uh, we're big reviews. So it could have been there's there's a few could have got it. Uh, Gabby Agbola, where this week at one stage said Grealish reminded him of Prime Iniesta. That was close. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Barcelona got knocked back this week by Norwich for Max Aaron. Yes, yes. God, Norwich uh, are loving the power that, that moves was, this that, summer. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Norwich are loving the power moves. It's, it's nuts. Uh, but unfortunately, it's it's Gary Lineker this week, boys. Oh, imagine for, my shock. Anything, not, not for anything Gary's done. Gary has just done... Gary's actually had a reasonable week. He took a pay cut. So, like, everything's okay for Gary... Except for the fact Gary's related to his brother, Wayne. I don't know if you two are aware of this guy. Who's that? I'm definitely not aware of Wayne Lineker. Lineker. Oh boy, just have international playboy Wayne Lineker. <laughs> right, this is, this is, the guy's the creepiest dude in the world. I want to put that out there now. The guy owns, like he's completely separate to Gary in terms of everything. But the guy owns... Apart from blood, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> The guy owns two bars in Ibiza. I think he owns Lineker's Bar, which is obviously well-named, and he owns the club Ocean Beach, 
which being the marketing genius that he is, clearly got off the plane and named it after the first two things he saw. Oh, ocean. Oh, there's the beach. You know, <laughs> this is the type of guy we're all about. But the guy, the guy's notorious for being a creep. And this week, uh, put on an Instagram post. I hope people have seen it because it's fantastic. Wayne Lineker, uh, this post is purely tongue-in-cheek banter. Well, let's see. Is that, is that guy, what it says? That, that's, that's how it starts. Right. And he says, uh, my family have decided that I need a wife. Uh, first <laughs> off, strong, nice, loving personality. Now to more important things and strap yourself in. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Uh, so it starts off, you must like older men, but only me. You have to be a worldie and above 30, brackets, okay, 28, 29 could work. But not my age, as that would just look weird. Uh, you must like to travel and to fly business class and to stay in incredible hotels. Be prepared to give up your career or job, or at least be able to work from a laptop on a tropical beach somewhere. <laughs> oh, no. You will need to spend time... You will need to spend the summer in Ibiza and the winter in Dubai with two weeks in the UK for Christmas and New Year with the families and holidays to the Maldives. No baggage, as all mine are grown up. A dog is acceptable, but will need a passport. This is great. You must you must be able to cook, as I love cooking, especially Waitrose ready-made meals. Oh. Uh, you also don't need to be verified, because I can sort that for you. Oh, no. oh my days. <laughs> House music and R&B lovers only. No heavy rock or pop music. You must you must like Netflix, especially Money Heist and also Real Crime. No <laughs> chick flicks. Watch them with your mates. Oh. You need to be confident enough to be able to go to the front of the queue in nightclubs and accept a table and free drinks from the owners. You'll also need a driving license to share a Bentley and a Lamborghini Jeep. Brackets. Pending. You must never have shared a teeth whitening post. Uh, I'm not on any dating sites, and you shouldn't be either. I'm not on OnlyFans, so you shouldn't be. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Uh, you must love the gym, health food, and have a body definition, as I as I will have soon. Okay, William. Uh, except soon? my children. Yeah, soon. Yeah, he doesn't have this body definition yet. He's gonna get it. Uh, accept and love my children and grandchildren and realize no more kids for me brackets never say never oh my days uh, you must you must be able to let my pa book all your flights and purchase items online for you you just need to send a link to him uh you must be able to accept my friends even at tony truman oh tony you've been called out <laughs> as i will accept yours except except i have to reply to girls dms not just guys i grip at the end one last thing, your geography needs to be on point. As girls that think Lincoln is in Wales is not good, be intelligent, but not boring. Outgoing suits. Hashtag wifey, where you at? Hashtag banter. Hashtag real. Thank you, Wayne. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, where to begin? Like, yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's week, a bit going on there. Strong. <laughs> there's a bit going on there. So, wow. I mean, I'm, well, how, how did Gary react? Uh, Gary tries to distance himself from this fellow to be honest. <laughs> like you'll, you'll once you look him up and discover what this guy gets up to, you'll realise why Gary sits in his BBC studio every Saturday night <laughs> and not with Wayne. But yeah, a, a lot of it's just fantastic. I I particularly like the you must be able to cook as I love cooking, especially waitress ready made <laughs> moments. Um, 
Sorry, I'm just trying to pull this post up to sort of dissect it a little bit because this needs to be talked about. First of all, I think any post that starts, that the first sentence is, this is just banter and a bit of tongue in cheek. <laughs> really, if that's the opening line, you should probably just not post it. Whatever well, you're going to say after that. This, yeah, um, this, is, this is the type of guy. But what, yeah, because what I thought reading this, I'm like, imagine I posted something like this. You'd be cancelled. <laughs> You'd be absolutely cancelled. <laughs> You know, the complete reaction to this is just, <laughs> so you know, you don't need to be verified. I'll sort that. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. We, <laughs> if Wayne would, if, like, could we get in touch with Wayne and Wayne could verify well, the podcast? Well, you know, <laughs> this is apparently the guy. Well, right. So that, I mean, that really is bad. <laughs> um, so just, just for us three, imagine being, being out and about. Yeah. Single man and like first line being like, you have to be a worldie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean I mean all of this all of this just isn't on. It's a very niche set of criteria. Like yeah. you must like to travel and to fly business class. <laughs> now I don't really think that needs to be specified. Like flying business class. Is yeah. anyone gonna yeah. put their foot down? Turn off the turn? Yeah. You know. So that one seems a bit be prepared to give up your yeah. career or job is that's an unacceptable thing to put into a post. Uh, yeah, a dog is acceptable but needs a passport. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I didn't. Does I checked a dog that need as a well. passport? Yeah. Well, I, does it mean you Apparently just need so? Well, yeah. I imagine Wayne's been through a lot of this. Knows. <laughs> he's got experience. <laughs> yeah, you know, I imagine a lot of the stuff whenever he says like no heavy rock or pop music, he's experienced it before and gone. No, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, the the but I find it interesting. You must like Netflix, especially Money Heist. So he's presumably already watched Money Heist. Yeah, he just wants someone so to rewatch. It. Does he want to talk about it? But that's what I'm saying. Is he going to sit and rewatch Money Heist with the person, or is he so going to make, like a... make them watch it separately and then sort of dissect some of the secondary themes together? What's his plan yeah, like here? It was about episode work. three. They, yeah, that they sit there and write out notes and come back the way and being like, "Oh, I, I thought this in the episode." Wow, um, I mean, that is a, I mean, that's a comfortable winner. Of, yeah, that was mud. that. I think that could be up there come the end of the season. I think that could I maybe be the, again, the worst one. Like, mud of the season contender. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I think thought again was like I'm not going to get one of these every week, and then this like falls in the lap. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that is that is wild. I mean we we don't yeah. we deliberately don't find out who Bailey's in the mud is because we want a genuine reaction. But I think going forward, if it's something like this, I think we, stunning. we've been so flabbergasted, Chris and I, by this. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, we've not known what to say Best about this. Is, yeah. Best part is, Wayne isn't in the mud. Unfortunately, it's his brother, Gary. Just to uh, uh, be uh, related to this I'm guy. fine with that. Wow, right. <laughs> the, guy, well, the guy steals a living. Yeah, I guess on... On that note, uh, <laughs> uh, on that note, we'll, we'll have to sort of wrap up the show. Um, yeah, catch a breath here. Yeah, just <laughs> I think you know that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, I guess again, going back to on a more serious note, on, on behalf of all three of us, just a massive thank you for the response we got last week. Uh, yeah. And as usual, if anyone wants to to get in touch, you know all the details will, will be in the in the show notes attached. Um, we would love to hear some of the ways, sort of some of the dark ways that that football's ruined your life. Um, any final words from you guys? Um, we didn't talk about West Ham. That's probably a good thing. Probably is. 
Uh, no, I just yeah, just want to completely reiterate your point of thanks to everyone who kind of gave it a go because we didn't expect the reaction we got. So hopefully you've got more of the same this week, hopefully a bit better, and hopefully just continue with us. Just share everything, tell tell your mates about it, and just have a good laugh with it. Yeah, very good. Uh, I think this would also be a good time to... Uh sort of announced to everybody that we're looking to find Bailey a wife and the criteria will be uh, appearing on social <laughs> media on social media shortly um, <laughs> so we will don't worry about getting verified we're basically influencers now so we'll be able to get that sorted ourselves um, geography needs to be on point geography does need to be on point right guys yeah. thank you very much <laughs> alright cheers gents see you next week